This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Welcome to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, where today has been a busy day with playoff media day. We'll hear from most all of the drivers involved in the 2017 playoffs, including Martin Truex Jr. and Jimmy Johnson as well. And we'll spend the next hour with 2017 Daytona 500 champ Kurt Busch. It's all coming up on NASCAR America. We're going racing at Daytona. Two laps to go. Right here, look at this side, inside, 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 inside. Kyle Larson to the lead. Larson is out of gas. Kurt Busch leads the Daytona 500. He's never won before at Daytona, a former series champion. He will fix that today. <laughs> Winning the 59th edition of the Great American Race. And we just do that. <laughs> I can't believe it. I love you guys. Thank you. Going to be fun with Kurt Busch today. Welcome to NASCAR America, everyone. I'm Marty Snyder, Del Jarrett, Kyle Petty, and our special guest, Kurt Busch, at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, where it's been a busy day. I mean, all 16 playoff drivers were here, and between today's NASCAR America and tomorrow's show, you'll hear from all 16. But in the meantime, we're going to get some to, to spend some time, I can get it out, with <laughs> Kurt Busch, 2017 Daytona 500 winner. So the best part of all this, Kurt, you were the first guy qualified for the playoffs. Back in February, you knew yeah. you were going to be in on this day. <laughs> I didn't think about that when we won. I was too yeah. busy feeling Daytona. <laughs> yeah. And by the time it all settled in, yes, you know, we did punch our ticket right away to get into the playoffs. But, you know, this season, the underlying moment all throughout has been working with Ford again and getting our mm -hmm. Fords up to speed where we need to be competitive week in and week out. It was like the restrictor plate stuff just fell back into place. Mm -hmm. And that's all due to the hard work of Doug Yates and everybody on the aero side uh, for the super speedway stuff. You still watch those highlights and go, that's amazing. I love hearing that call. And there's me crossing the finish line to win the 500. Yeah, Daytona will never get old. Uh, it's been so much fun to take Earl the trophy around on a tour back to my hometown, yeah. uh, to the headquarters of Haas, the headquarters of Monster. Uh, Ford scheduled a day to bring it up to the headquarters in Dearborn with the 24 hours of Daytona winners. So they had their car, their trophy. It was that's great cool. to bring our trophy. I yeah. mean, it was a great... Uh, employee Appreciation Day for the motorsports program at Ford. Well, that'll go on for a long time because it's been 17 years since <laughs> I won it. And, and that gives me chills just to watch that, to know what the driver is going through. But I think the best thing for me was uh, knowing how close you had come uh, but to finally get that. But the relationship between you and your crew chief, Tony Gibson, and him being from there, just how special that whole day was. It, it really was. Uh, all the hard work for the two months leading into building up that car and he grew up in the shadows of Daytona International Speedway's grandstands. And I don't know, I just felt it. When I heard the news we were switching to Ford and Doug Yates' commitment to the restrictor plate program, uh, I think Kevin Harvick and some of our group at Stuart Haas was a bit like, I don't know, we're going to have some bugs to work out. For me, I just zoned in on Daytona. I yeah. felt like we could go there and win it. 
And to your point, I've been close a few times. Uh, I've wrecked early in the race. I've wrecked late in the race. I just felt like this year was going to be our year. Yeah, to, to go a little deeper into to what you just said, was it like going home, going back to Ford? I mean, everything, your championships, big wins, first wins, everything has been with that blue oval. To go back, is there that comfort zone? Yeah, it, it feels that way, exactly. Yeah. It's a comfort zone, the people. Even though uh, some of the guys have switched out and there's new guys in place, uh, Dave Parasak and his tenacity and the way he operates the motorsports program, he's not just in charge of NASCAR. He's doing everything from sports cars, uh, anything they're doing around the world to make Ford uh, a prominent name. And it was just like, you're our guy. Yeah. We're great to have you back again. And just the feel, too, of, of hanging out with Etzel. Etzel Ford, it's like a family yeah. with the Ford people. Talked about the theme of the day here. Obviously, it's playoffs, all 16 drivers. This is interview number, what, 387. <laughs> so you've been through a lot of interviews. Want, 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 want. Am I exactly. repeating myself? But I do want to know the how you feel about going into the playoffs. You guys are coming off of, of three straight very good finishes for the for the 41 team. It's been a, a, a you know run of consistency heading into the playoffs, which is the right time to get that going. Yeah, getting back to talking about Ford and just all the hard work at Stuart Haas and how this year has been a lot of fun to work extra hard because we started off with a huge bang. We won Daytona. Once we settled in and saw the aero numbers and the feel of the way the car was driving and the tires and how loose everywhere we went, just loose, loose, loose everywhere. And then you had to push hard early in the races to get these stage points. Mm -hmm. And man, I was like, we got to back off on some of these stage points. Let's just focus on the finish. And now that we've really settled in to see the patterns, what we needed aero-wise, there was an engine upgrade at Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. I think we've been running strong since then. It's like we got all the pieces now sitting there, and now we're knowing where to plug them in and where to go. So we know that the, the teams have their engineering staff and everything. So how much is Ford behind that now? I, I know as I started getting out of the car that that was becoming a, a big part of the sport. But you talk about moving over to Ford and starting those relationships. Is it a lot that they share between the teams? Or is it just mostly that they come with you to Stuart Haas and see what you're doing and then give you help get answers from there? Uh, there's, there's a lot of different ways to answer that question. That's a good <laughs> question because there's – secrets that they they give to all the teams then you got to still Stuart Haas has their own identity yeah. and we're not going to give everything to Penske or to Roush but yet I think a good way to get started was to use the restrictor plate program for all the teams and we saw Stenhouse win yeah. Talladega he won Daytona in July Ford is on it right there but man they, they just gather all the radio scanning from all the Ford drivers the data that the the team leaders such as Greg Zibidelli for us uh, Travis Geisler is it for Penske. I don't know who the Roush guy is, but <laughs> they'll go and sit in those meetings. And sorry, I should know. I didn't mean that. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's I, I, I should know that. Guy. We didn't take it. Yeah, we didn't take it. That way. He's there. He's in that meeting. He's in that meeting. <laughs> and those guys share information to a certain extent. But what I love about it is that it seems like it's transparent. That you can get the information when you ask for it, uh, and you don't have to go through all these different hoops to find it. You talk about learning the car. You, you go to Daytona, and then next race, and the car's just loose, and, and you've got to learn the arrow. Then you've got to learn the stage race. Let's give up the stage point. How hard was it to be patient in those first 10 or 15 races and say, we've got to focus on one or the other, but we can't focus on both? It was tough. I mean, Atlanta is the second race of the year, and you're always sideways at Atlanta with the track being worn out. And we finished seventh, and Harvick almost won that race. But that's one of... Both of our favorite, one of our favorite tracks. Kevin's good there. I like that place. Once we got through that West Coast swing, I think I gained three points 
through the whole West wow. Coast yeah. swing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, uh, hey guys, we got some work to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's, let's really get down to business here. And I think by the all-star race, uh, we, we had a, a better package there, finished fourth there, had a shot at winning. And that's when we started to kind of turn the corner. Yeah. So yeah, it was two months and yeah. it's tough. You got to muscle through it. And that's, again, uh, that's the, the feeling you get from your heart on, I got to pour it all in. And yet the results aren't going to show yeah. up yet. You've been here in the playoffs before. You know how this works. 2004, we'll remind you, the first time NASCAR had a playoff system, you made it work for yourself, winning the championship. Anything you can glean from, wow, 13 years ago. That seems incredible. That was 13 hey, years it, ago, doesn't that it? that long? <laughs> it has been. It was Ford's, I was there, so was I remember. Ford's last championship as well. But there's always something to take from winning situations. And having a game plan before the playoffs start is key. And that's why after the off weekend, we went to Darlington and to Richmond. I asked before the off weekend started, I asked everybody at Stuart Haas, can we pour everything in? I want these crew members, the pit crew guys, the shop guys, the mechanics, everybody to feel the energy. I want to go to Darlington like it's a playoff race. Hmm. It's a Southern 500 too. Yeah. I want to yeah. win that Southern 500. I've never had the chance to, to win that race. And or I've had plenty of chances, just haven't won it. I said, let's go now. Let's get the energy going. And because what's 10 weeks versus 12? That's a great point. Yeah. So what's the difference in racing for a championship now? I mean, it, it looks like from the outside, you've got a whole group of young drivers coming in. You're not the, the young upstart as you were kind of back then when you won that. Uh, but it looks like the competition is there, but uh, the cars look so much more difficult to drive. So how do you navigate through all of that? It's uh, still about raw speed. You have to have that feel in the car when you're driving it. Um, the, the crew chief and... The last few weeks, the, the engineer, we have our baseline package. I, I guarantee you it's maybe within a few pounds of air and a few turns of wedge from how we've been unloading. Wow. Mm. That's key. Mm. Yeah. That is some good synergy moving forward. And yeah. yet this new system uh, with three races at a time and now this year with bonus points, that changes it again. So to me, we're a top-tier team. If we go out there and do our job, not get too spun out about how many points we're behind in bonus points or – you know, the, this one finish wasn't our best. We should be able to advance through this first round with an average finish of 15th place and move on. Next round goes to about 11th place, 10th place. Yeah. That third round is the toughest, and that's where we've gotten stuck the last two years is we got to go into Phoenix and win, and we ended up with a sixth, seventh place finish. Yeah, we're six positions away from running for a championship. But, man, it, it just feels like you're much further behind right. than just six positions. So that's, the, that's where we got to get better. Martinsville, Texas, Phoenix. Yeah. Good points and how you pursue a championship in 2017. Uh, for 2018, Stuart House Racing has been in the news quite a bit over the last couple of days. Obviously, announcing yesterday that Smithfield Foods is going to partner with you guys moving forward. Some fantastic news for Stuart House Racing. And not that these two are connected, but I would love to know from you, mm -hmm. where do your 2018 plans stand as of uh, right now? Mine have been quiet, uh, which I think is a good sign. You know, yes. It's as if everything on the 41 is going to stay the same. Um, you know, the, the people at Ford were a bit surprised by my free agency, and frankly, so was I. Mm -hmm. There's really not much of a need for it, but we're seeing all these contracts. Everybody right now is trying to figure out how to negotiate, how to have leverage, and I think my situation will stay the same. But nothing's moved. Everything's been quiet here the last few weeks, and uh, actually, I'm thankful for that because it's given me more time to focus on the team, sure. the car, yeah. and our playoffs. And I'm just letting my management team 
run the contract situation. So you think you're staying in the 41, which leads us to what's going to happen to Stuart Haas next year. Danica announcing that she will not be a part of Stuart Haas in 2018. What sort of void does she leave? Because she brings a completely different fan base to a, to a whole organization like Stuart Haas. Uh, not just to Stuart Haas, but to our whole sport. Yeah, good point. And to our racing world in general. She's done a tremendous job to move the needle to allow young women to think that a go-kart is, is something that I can participate with. Uh, you're seeing all these kids in the different diversity programs. Uh, females are right in there in the mix now. Mm -hmm. She's left a huge impact, and it, it will go far beyond uh, just what she's done in the seat and what she's done in the sponsorship world. And so it's going to be a tough void to fill. And I'm sorry to, and sad to see her go. I think she did a great job as a true professional driving that 10 car. Very well put by you yeah, yeah. and as her teammate well. for the last couple of years. So coming up on NASCAR America, plenty more with Kurt Busch, including we'll chat with his teammate Kevin Harvick coming up in a bit and get Stuart Haas's chances to advance in the 2017 playoffs, maybe even to the championship round as playoff media day was held here at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We'll also have our drivers meeting and break down the first three races of the playoffs and how to navigate that round of 16 and how Kurt thinks he and the 41 team will do in that first round of the playoffs. And you can participate in today's show. Just hit us up on Twitter with a hashtag AskKurt and send us your questions. We'd love to get them, and we'll put him on the spot later on in the show. That's all coming up on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by New Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for one full year. The Verizon IndyCar Series is on NBCSN. American Joseph Newgarden races for his first championship in the final race of the season, the Grand Prix of Sonoma, Sunday, 6.30 Eastern on NBCSN. By the way, fellas, four drivers separated by 34 points and double points on the line at Sonoma. You don't want to miss that. Speaking of Sonoma, that's where Kurt's teammate Kevin Harvick picked up his first win of the season. Can the four-team make another championship run? Earlier today, Dave Burns caught up with Kevin Harvick. So when the playoff emojis came out, Kevin's came out as hashtag for the cup, I thought maybe it should have been been there before. Got it right? Because he has. He's done just about everything. Two of the last three years with elimination, uh, you've made it to the final round, Kevin. So what's going to be different this year, uh, given that Truex has a bunch of playoff points? There's a couple other things at play. Yeah, there's definitely a couple other things that have to play out. But I think as you, as you look at it, there's always going to be somewhat of a point scenario no matter where you are. Um, I think as, as you go into these first few rounds, I think you have to be uh, aware of where you're at points-wise just for the fact that not everybody's going to win and you're going to have more of these situations play out by having uh, good finishes and keeping yourself up in the stage stages and scoring stage points just as they have done all year. So take us into round one if you would. Take us to Chicagoland and then anything that you see is particularly challenging in the first three tracks. Well, Chicago has, has been a challenge for us the last couple years. Um, I, you know, we, we finished fifth the, the first year in 2014, and I think we finished 42nd and 20th the last two years just by uh, making mistakes. So we, we just we need to dot all our I's, cross all of our T's, and be very thorough about the things that, uh, that we're doing and, and try to squeeze the most out of our, our days uh, every single week. And, and you're going to have to adjust. Uh, because you just don't know what's going to happen on a particular weekend, and it's going to adjust how you approach and think about things for the next week. 15 playoff points, a good representation of what you guys have done this year, and how far can you take that? 
Well, that's better than none. I, I can promise you that because anything's anything's better than something. And, and if you do it right, you can add on to it. And you know, if things are, are going going your way. So I think you just have to be in your own little world. You have to be focused on on you and, and your team, and be very self-centered uh, in in the things that you think about. Um, turn the rest of the world off, and go out and, and do what you can do with your team. And the four cars performance curve. Where are we with that? You know, I, we've performed well. Uh, we haven't had the the performance consistency that we've had over the over the past three years. I think we all know that. Uh, but you know, when we when we put it all together, right, the performance has been uh, pretty close to, to where we need to be. And I think that you know the the things that um, the R and D department and, and um, production have in line. Hopefully, we can keep squeezing some of those things in uh, as as we go throughout the end of the year. That's right. Keep that in mind, and don't forget uh, it's hashtag for the cup. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification on that, Dave. And here's a breakdown between teams of the playoff drivers. Of course, Harvick and Kurt Busch represent Stuart Haas Racing in this year's playoffs. SHR is one of three teams with a pair of drivers in the playoffs. Joe Gibbs Racing and Hendrick Motorsports each have three drivers in the field this year and therefore three chances to win the championship. So you talked earlier about this transition to Ford and how tough it's been, Kurt. Has it been a process of just now getting into playoff form? With the Fords and what Stuart Haas has learned, has that just happened in the last month or two or what? I mean, it hasn't been tough. It was just something unexpected with the differences and even uh, the years prior when we used to share information from Hendrick Motorsports. Right. And having that uh, manufacturer involved, just a matter of just the, the continuity yeah. and the streamlining of how the operations would work and flat out just the... The different things of the stage racing, the harder tires, and some of the sequences just didn't fall in our favor. And like Kevin's saying, if you execute, we're right there. If we make one little small mistake here or there or don't have it quite right, uh, there's the, the competition level will just pounce on you if you don't have it perfect. You've been through this with, with Kevin as a teammate. And, and I, I am a big Kevin Harvick fan. After doing our Race and Roots piece with him, I have mm -hmm. a ton of respect for him. But I, and I love the stuff that he says this time of year. you got to be self-centered. you got to be selfish. You got to go get what you what you want. This is when it's all about. Why you know? is that different than the rest yeah. of the year? <laughs> <laughs> this is your driver after all, right? But yeah. but we've seen him do that, you know, in in the playoffs uh, the last few years. Uh, what's it like being his teammate? And does your mentality change as we get to the playoffs? Yeah, I, I'm that same type of guy. And Tony Gibson, the way we operate our 41 car, we're doing the same thing. And. The way that I learned things early on in my career at Roush Racing, we had five teams that were in the playoffs one year. Yeah. Mm. And you work together six days out of the week, and you go race from the seventh. Yeah. I know he's going to change. He knows I'm going to change. It's the element of what NASCAR racing is this day and age with team cars being in position to win the championship. I mean, this is why Gibbs has four cars out there to give himself four shots at it. Hendrick Motorsports has four cars to give himself four shots. So we, uh, we got two out of our four in. Uh, now we keep going through it, and we hope to, to both get to Homestead. That's, that's the ultimate goal. But, uh, in all honesty, the, the way that numbers work out, sometimes you got to be that self-centered guy and selfish and bring it all to your own car number. Yeah. So you brought in a, a new teammate this year in Clint Boyer uh, to take over for Tony Stewart. <laughs> We all know Clint outside of the car, fun-loving, great interview, <laughs> having a great time. We also know he's very serious in the race driver. But what is it that he brings and has brought? But then again, what things might he help you with uh, as you go through the playoffs here? 
I always liked Boyer's driving style. Uh, he was always sneaky with his finishes. Like, he'd be like, oh, yeah, Boyer, he was kind of running 10th, 15th. And then you look at the stat sheet at the end, he got it sixth. He got third. It's like, Boyer knows how to finish the races. And working with Bugowitz, his crew chief this year, those two started hitting a good stride when Boyer would just let Bogowitz do his engineering thing, mm -hmm. and Boyer went to his mode of just delivering in that final chapter of the race. Uh, what he can do for us now, uh, he needs to be the guy that helps us with one or two ideas in practice mm -hmm. and relay that information yeah. back. Like, I think this was good for short run, might not be good for long run, and that way he can help Kevin and I navigate through it. You have a little secret weapon in the playoffs this year. Your owner, Tony Stewart, first time out of a car, and, and he was in the playoffs last year, True. knows how to win a championship. What sort of uh, thing does Tony, the owner, provide when he's watching from a 30,000-foot view and not down in a race car? I, I love Tony's calls, his texts, and the way he, he shows up. And it's usually last minute. We all know Tony Stewart. <laughs> I did see him at Darlington no doubt, in no shorts, doubt. by the way. Yes, <laughs> out, out on the race, it was awesome. Literally, he got there 30 seconds before we were belting in the car. But he delivers key messages that an owner delivers to his athletes or to the drivers. And it's really to, to use your head, think ahead, and execute like you normally do. Don't overcomplicate this. And these are all the things that I know Tony Stewart did to be a three-time champion in our sport and win an Indy car. It, you just don't overcomplicate it. And that's the simplicity that he brings as an owner to our group. Still plenty more to come from all the playoff drivers, including Kurt. But we'll also hear from the man who won the final race of the regular season, Kyle Larson, coming up shortly here on NASCAR America. And we'll also discuss the importance of playoff experience. Kurt's got plenty of that. That conversation is next. Tomorrow on NASCAR America, Denny Hamlin will stop by our studios in Connecticut to discuss his season and his bid to bring home a Cup Series title. He'll also take on Dell Jarrett in a highly talked about, highly anticipated putting oh, battle. Gosh. You ready, yeah. DJ? Hey, what do you think I've been doing the last two days in Stanford? I know. <laughs> the show is only an hour long. I have plenty of time to practice. That's tomorrow, 5 Eastern, right here on NBCSN. Glad you're ready, DJ. Right now, let's hear from some more playoff drivers, starting with Chase Elliott. Well, it's special. I mean, to me, it just kind of lends opportunity. You know, it's the first step of, of trying to make something of, a, of your season. And, you know, it's uh, great to be a part of it again. Obviously, you want to be just you want to be more than just a part of it. You want to do something uh, while you have the chance. So that's our goal. It's great to be in the playoffs. It's been a couple years, so looking forward to it. Uh, I'd, I'd say our regular season, we won it, won the Brickyard, which was unbelievable and uh, such a cool win. Other than that, you know, there was some – some times when we ran pretty well and times when we didn't. So it wasn't uh, really not anything to write home about to this point, you know. But I feel like these final ten races, the playoffs, we can do by far the best we've done all season long and, you know, finish up strong. We're pumped up. Everybody in the shop is, uh, you know, really motivated and um, ready to show that uh, – we feel like we belong in the playoffs. Um, you know, I think the uh, tracks that we have coming up are tracks that, that I enjoy going to, our team enjoys going to, and uh, they've put a lot of effort into our Chicago car and, uh, and our Loudon and Dover, uh, really focused in on this first round, making sure that uh, we put ourselves in the best position to get by it and, um, and move on. As a kid and you're involved in racing, all you want to do is contend for a championship. And uh, to be a part of the playoff system, that's how you contend to be a, a champion and uh, try to win a championship for your team and, and your owners and things like that. And uh, that's really what I wanted to do, watching my dad uh, race and, and uh, watching all the champions come about uh, in NASCAR throughout the years. And uh, it's just neat to be a part of it and be here and uh, 
be able to go race really hard uh, with 16 other drivers or 15 other drivers for the next 10 weeks is going to be kind of what everyone wants. They want that competitiveness, and that's what the fans want to see. So um, and we'll get a better idea of where we stack up in Chicago here in a few days, but uh, it's just going to be a, a fun 10 weeks. I think that's easy to lose that you know, thought process of it's supposed to be fun, and uh, it's just not only a job, it's, it's what we are privileged to do, and uh, I think that is just a, a bigger bonus. Of course, Ryan Blaney and Ricky Stenhouse are making their maiden voyage in the Cup Series playoff. All right, who has the most experience there? Are you shocked? Jimmy Johnson? No. Nope. Never missed the playoffs. Since they've had the playoffs, he's never missed it. Oh, he won half of them, too. Kurt, you're pretty high <laughs> up there with 11, 11 playoff appearances. That's pretty good. I made the old guy board. Yeah. <laughs> you made the old guy board? Come on. Not an old guy, no, all right? That's experience. Experience. It's experience. experience. you got to parlay experience. that, man. Experience. You're in contract mode. Parlay that experience. Yeah. Technically, hey. Kyle was on that list, and he's not old. So yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's true. It's a good that list is true. to be on. Very good point by you. So, 11 playoff experiences. How does that, that experience help you coming into the playoffs this year? It's quite a few years of experience, but then there's those years where you know you've got a shot at it. You know that everything's going well, and if you execute through the different rounds, that's what gets you to Homestead. And this is one of those years for me. I feel like we have everything we need in place, mm -hmm. and I've been third in the title before. I've been fourth, and a lot of them came down to just one mistake at one race. Uh, Martinsville, that, that one's chewed yeah. me up, spit me out a couple times. <laughs> and then in 09, uh, I got in a wreck at Talladega. Literally, I was running seventh behind Jimmy Johnson with seven laps to go. And I decided for a quick instant I was going to go win one of these restrictor plate races. <laughs> Jumped out there, got the draft, had Brad behind me, and ended up getting spun and flinged and finished 40th. And those points would have put me within six or seven points of winning the title hmm. in 09. So those are experience yeah. moments. Those are moments where you're – you are focused on points for the race day. Uh, you're not trying to win anything special by trying to jump out of line and win a restrictor plate race or to conquer Texas because they just repaved it. No, there's, there's the constant things you have to do throughout a playoff run to accumulate points. How, that, and that's interesting because we think from the outside looking in that it's, it's a playoffs, man. I'm putting it all on the line every time. I mean – Everything we do, we hype it to say, this is it. you got to do this. you got to do that. How tough is it to have that intensity but temper it with that experience when you're put in those situations? And if, if you're restarting third, it's a green-white checker, uh, and you think that you're going to go and win that race, and you step over the line, and you get a little sideways, and somebody jumps in that hole that you were trying to get to, you get tapped and spun and backed around, now you're 30th. Yeah. When you were just thinking you were going for the lead. You're right. You do have to hype it up. You do have to perform, and you got to give it your best, but you got to know where that line is. And a lot of these young kids don't know where the line is, and they're going to end up in trouble, and they're going to go, ugh, the whole season went into that one yeah. moment where I was going to go try to do something special. Yeah, so the playoffs here, much different than what your Cubs have to go through once they get <laughs> into the playoffs. It's down to a certain number of teams. Here, even though there's 16 of you racing for a championship, there's going to be 24 others out there. And what if you get into a late race battle with one of those young drivers you were talking about that's not even a part of the playoffs? Uh, do you, are you more aware of a situation like that? That's where you hope that they have understood the situation, <laughs> but you can never expect it. Yeah. Um, it, but it, it, each round changes, though. So yeah. DJ, like, and Kyle, you know, like the 16 cars that start it, then it goes to the top 12. We think on the 41 car, we're a top 18. 
anytime we unload at the track. Yeah. And that we're going there to finish top five. When it gets down to those final eight guys, that's the who's who. That's where we have to get better on the 41 car and execute. To Kyle's point, though, it is no doubt more intense in these 10 weeks, correct? I mean, it's not like you can just go out there and just collect points. It's, it's no doubt a ramped-up intensity. The year I won, it was a reset to do 10-week run. Yeah. Now yeah. it's three races at a time with bonus points right added in. Yeah. So it, it's, it's changed. Every year is slightly a bit different. But can change around with a guy like Truex getting eliminated. Yeah. Oh, then yeah. he doesn't have all those bonus points on the next yeah. guy. Yeah. And it opens it up for somebody that doesn't have a lot of those bonus points. So I, I feel like if we just go do our job, like Kevin said, uh, Kevin Harvick, my teammate, he's, he's great at just zoning in for that race, that moment, that tire run, and that's all that you're in control of. Let's check out the playoff leaderboard going into the playoffs in 2017. There's all those... Uh, bonus points that we was talking about with Martin Truex Jr., 53 of them. Kurt will start the playoffs as the 12th seed coming into the postseason, as we mentioned, with three straight top five finishes. Another driver on a positive note going into the playoffs is Kyle Larson, who caught up with Carolyn Mano earlier today. Kyle, congratulations on what has statistically been a breakout year for you, capped off with a win in the last race of the regular season. How much momentum are you carrying into these playoffs? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I think we're carrying a lot of momentum, um, you know, with four wins and then ending the regular season with a win. I think that helps. So uh, as long as we can go to Chicago and run good and carry that momentum, um, hopefully that'll, that'll kind of set the tone for our playoffs. What's been the best part about racing Martin Truex Jr. the way you have in the regular season? Well, I think we've made each other step up a little bit and, and our race teams uh, step up, you know, because we've been next to each other in the garage the whole year, it seems like. So um, that extra little competitiveness uh, between the, the mechanics and, and drivers, I guess, also uh, is fun. So I think it showed you know, that we've been pushing each other. We've been each getting better and better each and every week. With all the playoff points that he's been able to accumulate, would you say that he is the driver to beat heading into the playoffs? Or are you in that mix as well, do you think? Well, no doubt, I think he's the driver, uh, the favorite. Um, I think you look at all of his stage wins and and race wins. You know, he's been dominating every race. So, uh, and he's fast at every racetrack. So he doesn't have a weak track uh, right now. Um, where where myself and other drivers probably have weak, weaker tracks, um, he doesn't. What has this regular season been like for you? Uh, it's been it's been a dream season already. Really, you know, I to have four Cup wins. Um, is awesome uh, for our for our you know somewhat small race team only being two cars and then, you know, myself uh, fairly early in my career is, is great as well. What do you consider a successful playoff campaign this year? I think if we can make it to the final four, that'd be successful. But um, obviously, you know, winning the championship would be would be great. And how likely do you think it is with the way that you guys are running right now? Well, I think we've got a good shot. Um, for sure, but you never really know, you know, how these 10 races will play off. You know, Martin could easily not make it um, if he runs in his, you know, a couple races with bad luck. And same with me. So um, it's it's hard to say, but I think we've got we've got a good shot at least to make the third round. Um, making it past that third round to the final four would be tough. We wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. He has. Thank you, Carolyn. I have a feeling Kyle Larson can have a little bit to say about that Final Four in, in, in Homestead, Miami, don't you guys? Hey, coming up on NASCAR America, it's time for our drivers meeting. Those three guys will break down the first race of the year at Chicago in the playoffs. And how important is it to start with momentum in that first race? That's coming up next. How far are we, RD? We have sound first. 
So I think that the playoffs will be a little bit different this year. Even though uh, there are some teams that have accumulated a lot of stage points, the fact that we have the stage racing now and, and where you can actually outpoint somebody and not get a better finish than them at the end of the day, I think that's going to change it up a little bit and, and qualifying is going to become as important or more important than it ever has been um, and just accumulating as many points as you can. You know, for our team, we want to get through that first round. Um, obviously, you can do some points racing here in the first round with uh, how close a lot of the guys are. Second round, um, we got to start talking about winning races. Um, we got to run really good second round and third round. I feel like we also are going to need a win, the way the points are structured and people that have bonus points. Um, so we got to do as much as we can um, the first two rounds to help ourselves for the third. And uh, you never know what can happen from there. We, we want to get to Homestead. We've got speed, no doubt. I mean, we've had some good finishes the last four weeks, but um, that doesn't guarantee you a good finish the next week. And um, I feel like our Caterpillar and Granger Chevrolets have a, have a good shot at it. Um, we haven't dominated. Stats are there, but um, we're in it. I mean, we're in the playoffs, and um, to me, the first round's one of the toughest. Um, but the math's there to make it the easiest. So you just have to go out there and do your, do your job. And now it's time for our driver's meeting. DJ, I'll let you have the honors. All right, thank you, Marty. <laughs> we made it. Kurt, we, we made looked it. at the playoffs and getting started. When you look at it, there's five mile-and-a-half racetracks uh, in these ten races. But the only one that matters right now is Chicago. Talk to us about what's different about it and uh, the good things for you. Yeah, it's it's each mile-and-a-half is very different. Uh, they all look cookie-cutter. But yeah. Chicago, with the worn-out asphalt, race is real similar to Homestead. Uh, but Homestead's later on. You got to focus right now. And the closest track comparable is Atlanta. And we raced there way back in February, March. We're really early on in the season. So the mile and a half game at Chicago, I love how we open up there because we don't race there twice a year. We only yeah. race once. And it's a hard track to compare to other tracks. At Chicago, uh, what? Um, New Hampshire, Hampshire yeah. and then Dover. Is this the the most diverse round when you look at it? Or is there another one that you're looking forward to or looking towards to say, that one's going to be a tough one? Um, I always think the Martinsville, Texas, Phoenix one yeah. is the toughest. But this one here definitely has uh, the greatest variety with a mile and a half that's worn out. Loudon is a track that, man, it takes like five, ten laps just to get heat in the tires and get that grip and get that feel. Dover, you attack every lap. You're going hard all the time on old tires new tires, beginning of the race, end of the race. So yeah. as a driver, we have to deal with a lot this first yeah. Uh, round. Yeah, we, we look at that graphic that we put up there, and it, I always laugh whenever I see Loudon, and it has any kind of banking at all. <laughs> the only bank I ever that. found there was in a place you don't want to be up there, but uh, it does make it interesting. And then the concrete racetrack that, that you get into, how much different with these cars, with the tires and everything that they do now, it, it, does it make a difference? Uh, we, we know that uh, the concrete a lot of times doesn't take the rubber uh, like the asphalt will. Yeah, as of late, uh, Goodyear's done something different with the tire, and it actually lays down a ton of rubber when we're in the green flag running. Mm -hmm. Then a yellow comes out. Everybody's got hot tires, and if you don't pit, you are just tracking all that yeah. rubber back on top of your hot tires. And then you should see on restarts, it's like old school, man. Rubber is just flying everywhere. <laughs> the windshield gets caked with rubber marks, and you got to get your tires cleaned off if you have hot ones from that long green flag run the time before. Listen, we, we just keep talking about stuff, and, and we're just like, this is race stuff. I don't want to know race stuff. I, I, I do, but this is what I want to know. Earlier, we put up a graphic, and you said, yeah, you're with the old guys. Okay? Do you remember when you were a young gun, and you were the young guy? Because one of the classic moves is, 
<laughs> Do right. we have video? Classic. You guys that have is, video? That's my classic move. That's my go-to move. Like, I'll get out in traffic and go. Do you know that there's <laughs> like only that. probably three of us on this TV show that really yes, know no, what I was that. trying to symbolize? I was <laughs> trying to tell Spencer he needs to go to the back of the pack. I He's got been black flag for yeah, dumping completely. somebody. <laughs> the, the CEO of Newell Rubbermaid, he didn't absorb it that way. <laughs> Mom and Pop's watching TV, like, what, no. digesting NASCAR. They didn't absorb it that way. Yeah. So, <laughs> That I was, was just trying to be my own officiator. And that was yes. the passion. My car was wrecked. And, and that was the passion you had when you were when you were young. You see these young drivers come along. You race against them out there, um, and you're at a different place in your career. You're a lot more mellow talking to you today, man. Yeah, it's just yeah. kind of chilled yeah. out here. But a How week is, ago, I was still pushing yeah, hard. And that's my question. Going for the win at Richmond. Mm -hmm. I can't do it by myself. Yeah. And early on in my career, I thought I could do it by myself. Yeah. Um, I switched from Roush Racing to Penske. And got to chew on a little bit of yeah. a hard times with switching over and just yeah. getting with a different team. It was a humble pie. And so those are experiences you learn. Yeah. Uh, you, you have your, your rivals. Uh, you have your friends out on track. Um, then there's the genuine competition yeah. where you're racing against Jimmy Johnson, a seven-time champion. You're racing against Kyle Larson, an up-and-comer that's going to be a champion in our sport one day. And you get to have those relationships on track. And you get to try to outsmart those guys out there in the field. That, that's one of the coolest parts about my job, other than on Friday, driving down in there, turn one, on practice, <laughs> going 200 miles an hour. That's, uh, that's the best part about it. I will say this on our scan all shows, we get to use a lot more of your radio instead of the beeping out. These yes, days. So you can actually like, hear yeah. that on the tour <laughs> translate. Yeah. So, speaking of that, along those lines, so you're still a very young man that I know probably thinks you want to do this for a good while. Have you even given that any thought, not trying to push you out, but just in, <laughs> yeah. inside your head, yeah. you know, I know you're even thinking about where you may be next year right now, but in looking down the road, how much longer would you like to do this? As long as I'm with a competitive car to win races. Uh, to me, my heart's in it. My body still feels young. Uh, I love the travel and I've learned more about the history of our sport and the places we go and race, the food, the culture, and the reasoning on why we race at certain tracks. And Vegas will have two dates next year. That's my hometown yeah. track. And I don't know, the contract thing, we'll see how it all plays out. Being a free agent, it's, uh, it's an interesting market right now for drivers and the way that sponsors are engaged. They want performance. And there's a lot of moving parts and pieces in this day and age, but I'm happy. Um, my wife just got married in January, yeah. and if Ashley wants to continue to go to these races and enjoy the NASCAR scene, that's important to me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're pretty much through here, so we've got to toss it back over to Marty. But how would the young Kurt Busch, who said, Marty told us just a minute ago that no need to go to Homestead because Kyle Larson was going to win. <laughs> I know, it's like, how would you toss it back to him? I was like, him? dude, I'm sitting you right toss? here. I'm how, sitting how right it? here, guys. Yes. Why just keep pushing this? So, so Marty, Marty, go knock yourself out, all right? <laughs> it was a continuation of a There's conversation from fumble. break. Don't Kurt fumble. knew all about that. <laughs> hey, we're still taking <laughs> questions for Kurt. Please note past Brickyard 400 <laughs> questions. We've already covered that with Kyle. So those will be answered coming up here in a moment. Use the hashtag AskKurt on Twitter. NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for one full year. Kurt Busch is one of 16 drivers who make up this year's playoff grid in the Monster Energy Cup Series. Busch, of course, was NASCAR's inaugural playoff champion in 2004. Earlier today, one of his former teammates, Jeff Burton, weighed in on Kurt's chances in this year's playoffs on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. 
a team that I'm really interested in is Kurt Busch and his team. Because if you look at what they've done the last three weeks, they have found something. They've found some speed. They've run much better in the last month, let's say, than they ran prior to that. Prior, you know, prior to the last month, I, I didn't see that. I didn't think they could go very far. But the last month, they've got my eyebrows up a little bit, looking, thinking, hey, that, that, that group, how, what can they do? You can hear NASCAR on NBC personalities like Jeff Burton every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern when they join The Morning Drive with Mike Bagley and Pete Pisoni on Sirius XM Radio Channel 90. Let's hear from another playoff driver, Brad Keselowski with Dave Burns. Fourth seed heading into the playoffs, but a ways back from Truex to start and potentially starting every round. Brad, what does that even feel like? Well, I mean, with the ability to win and kind of advance through every round, um, you know, that you, you kind of look at it that way. Uh, we still have some points, so we kind of have a cushion on the guys behind us, but also a ways to go to the guys in front of us. So, really, I'm not sweating it that much. Uh, and, of course, when you get to Homestead, it's back to zero. Uh, so, I, I feel like um, not a lot of sweat, actually. Okay. Uh, another difference this year, other than his big lead, stage racing in the playoffs. How will that change things? It'll definitely change it, uh, especially at Talladega. Without a doubt, where I think in the last few years we've seen guys riding around the back. You do that this year and you lose out on those stage points, you're going to be in big, big trouble when it comes time to get to the end of that round. Joey gave it a valiant effort at Richmond and the races before, did not make it in. Uh, Blaney is in with the Wood Brothers. How are the dynamics now changed between getting help from those guys, but the, you know, the one is in and the one is not? It's really a bummer to not have my teammate in it, uh, Joey Logano. But, uh, of course, having Ryan Blaney will, will be helpful. Um, you know, he's come a long ways and continues to grow in the sport. So he's got the potential to do a lot of great things, and hopefully we'll be able to, to work together as well. Your wins this year came on pretty different types of tracks. Where do you see the strength of the two team going in? Um, I probably look at the, the short tracks as being our strongest tracks right now. Specifically, got an eye towards Martinsville being a, a great race for us and hopefully being able to capitalize with a win to get through that round. Last few weeks, where do you find your team on speed? There's been a little bit of a deficit. You've been playing catch-up. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that it, it, the Toyotas right now have way more speed than the rest of the field, uh, and we're not the only ones playing catch-up. Uh, so we'll just have to see. I mean, if the, the chase plays out or, or the playoffs play out to where, you know, nobody has any bad luck and everybody has, you know, pretty – uh, comparable execution, the Toyotas should run away with it in a landslide with the speed that they have. So, uh, you know, they got that new body at the start of the year that's just way better than everybody else's, and we're doing the best we can to, to try to make up for it. But uh, at this moment, we're not there, but we're hopeful we'll find something to, to catch up. So your forecast for the 2017 playoffs, in a nutshell, Brad, is what? It's going to come down to every year you have to be good on the mile and a half. The mile and a half are where it counts. Uh, the majority of the schedule is mile and a half got to have great aerodynamics to win uh, and of course the reliability and uh, the luck factor needs to be on your side from an execution standpoint um, and that's going to determine the champion all right good thing for brad the first track in the playoffs mile and a half chicago thanks so much dave i have a feeling this toyota versus everybody else thing is going to be a theme throughout the playoffs <laughs> you guys agree i think that's going to be a topic we're going to be talking a lot about coming up the topic we're going to talk about your questions for kurt bush he'll answer those next on nascar america NBCSN brings you three big races on one day from F1 Spectacular Night Race to the first NASCAR playoff race to the IndyCar Championship. Don't miss a second of the action Sunday on NBCSN. 
cannot wait for Sunday. It's going to be packed full of action here on NBCSN. Time to get to your questions that you sent on Twitter with the hashtag AskKurt. The first one, Kurt, we'll get right to it. What advice would you give a young racer coming up, aspiring to be, aspiring to be in the position you're in? Uh, the biggest thing my dad helped me with was understanding the car and working on it, respecting it, and knowing how it gets put together. Uh, that makes you even drive it differently because if you got to fix it after you wreck it, <laughs> you're going to learn not yes, to wreck it. Does, it does, doesn't That's it? That's a good point. Yes. Yes. Kyle Petty had to fix it. Well, you both had to fix yeah. a few race cars. I had to fix them day. every week the way I drove <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, that is a really good point. All right, what kind of Ford hot rod do you drive is question number two. I've got quite a few. Uh, my dad is now up to six 1932 Fords. Oh, wow. He had to have a three window. He had to have a five window. Yeah. Got to have a Roadster. <laughs> For me, I have my old school uh, 2001 Ford um, Mustang, stage three from Roush. Okay. And then I got my Ford GT that uh, I don't drive. Can I say I, I'm old, but but that 2001's not old school. It's old school? <laughs> 2001's not old school. Oh, I'm, I'm old. 2001's not old school. That made me feel old. Where does right old there. school start, KP? Old school, I'm, I'm going to say old school is like late 40s, early 50s for me. Sorry. And I wasn't born until 60, but that's yeah, old school. No. No. Yeah. Come on, man. 2000 is not old school. It's taken us a long time. DJ mentioned the Cubs, but we haven't asked you about the Cubs yet. The next question is, what do you think about the Cubs 2017 postseason possibilities? Back-to-back, -back maybe? Uh, I wasn't watching their season. Uh, they're just looking to win the NL Central okay. and get in the playoffs that way. It looks like they'll be against the Nationals in the first round of the playoffs, and that's it's just like our situation. You attack once you're there, and you go hard, and you do it with pitching and clutch hitting. Look at this. Who gets a, who gets a <laughs> World cool. Series game cool. as a gift? Yeah, that was cool. My yeah. wife pulled some strings on that one. I was I was impressed. Way, <laughs> impressed. <laughs> Way impressed. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. I, yeah. I still don't know how she pulled that off. That's pretty Are you great. going so, this weekend, too? No, I'm not going to any games. It's playoff time. Yeah, yeah. i got to focus. Okay. Really? You're in Chicago, and you're not going to any Cubs games? No, nope, it's playoff time. We're that's, focused. That's pretty impressive. All right, last one real yeah. quick. If you could blast one song into your earphones before a race, what would it be? Ah, uh, Sammy Hagar, I Can't Drive 55. Ah, ah very good. That's a good one. We what should play that Kyle? one for Denny Hamlin because he cannot do pit road speed at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, very good. Come on. Go. What's yeah. the emoji for that? Yeah, I don't burn, know. Baby burn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to play that back for Denny tomorrow because he's on the show tomorrow, oh, by the one, way. Yeah. Yes, that's perfect. Yeah. Yours was probably country music, wasn't it, Kyle, back what? in the day? Country Happy music. trails. Yeah. I'm Happy not going to do it. I am not. We got to go. That's all for NASCAR America today. We'll see you tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern, and see you then. Plenty more. Denny Hamlin, don't forget, joins us in our Stanford studios, the putting contest with DJ. Our money's on you, DJ. I believe in you, DJ. You're going to do it. Gosh. See you tomorrow at 5, everyone. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.